and welcome, Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, collection and I want to uh, we're gonna take our well, phrases we're gonna have it on different types of products so that um, our listeners can have a little little something from us in their homes that they can't I see what's the person bear in the streets Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Matters, 
Yeah, it's uh, in a little. It, it it's like the last week of November into a little bit to December. Yes, it is, it is Thanksgiving weekend, and um, and I think it starts like midweek, right? It does not. It doesn't start typically within the. It starts like midweek into the next week. Well, all I do know is as of now, I'll be at Eagle Will to Manners Wednesday through Sunday that week. This is a lot of shifts. Which normally, I just work the week Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like one weekday. But I'll be working back because Pig Week is so many people in town, but also there's a, a ball called, I have to research this myself, it's called the, uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? It's called the Mask Ball, I'm fucking it up, I laugh a little bit I literally non-stop. Uh, it's a big ball, anyway, it's a fetish ball that happens for Pig Week, and it's being hosted at the Eagle, I think, only the Eagle, I'm not sure if there's any other venues doing it, but anyway, it's supposed to be ridiculous, but I'm bringing this up because Pig Week they're saying this too because of how you know it didn't happen last year. Because of how so many events haven't happened, now all the events that are happening that actually are not being canceled are really blowing the fuck up. Because well, so many I, events... I also want to add to the point that November eighth, uh, the United States borders are opened up to international travelers who are fully vaccinated. So that's going to be a game changer, and I feel like that's going to bring a lot of people, especially if they've been cooped up or if they can't. If they're still under lockdown in certain parts of this, um, their countries, they could come to New York or come to, the, to Florida. So I think well, they'll come no, to the states and really change. Is, like we said this before, you know, I, I, I really hate talking about the pandemic, but just the, this is the world that we have. And, you know, also, like I said, what I say we talk about is it's going to change the way that gay sex happens. It's going to change the way that nightlife is. It's going to change... You know, this roaring 20s that they all predict that is going to happen because it's I feel, true. But I feel like all our is, community is more adapted to it simply because we have things like being tested for PrEP and like we're accustomed to like having to do uh, things as far as take care of our health. So I feel like we're more conscious with this. So us getting vaccinated wasn't so much of an adjustment per se because... Bro, I'm talking about the men pent up. Oh. Countries. This is their first time visiting America in fucking two years. Like, you know, think about, like, you know, the God bless them. I, I'm ready for me and Rick to be rich like this. But, you know, the men who go to America twice a year for vacation, you know, they haven't been here. But also, even the men in America, like, again, working in Fort Lauderdale and being here, I see these men, and when I say men, my friends, it's been over almost, we're going to be going on two years this coming March that we really have just slowly started seeing the parties that we took for granted every single day. Like, you know, every night that I work at the Eagle, and I say it every single night, there's always one or two that I meet anyway, men who are like, oh my God, this is the first time that I've been at like a real gay nightclub party, seeing this many people. You know, because that's the thing too, like, like New York, as much as New York needs to be vaccinated for everything, it's still such new waters. Cause like, you know, we talk about the numbers, like as much as everything's coming back, you know, we took for granted how, like, a normal, you know, let's say a, I'm going to use the Eagle New York or the cop, you know, get my home, my home base, my family. You know, we took for granted a normal busy night at the cop, like maybe 600 men, 500 men coming in and going. To now it's like 
we're so thankful to be around 300 men. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this buildup of seeing more and more. It, it, it's a different. It's a different feeling of gratitude. Uh, and when I say gratitude, I mean happiness. But like even for myself, it's like you know, think about like we were talking before with sex. Like you know, listen, people. Me and Rick are really fucking trying. We're, we're doing a lot of work with our our brand, late night cruising. Like I was literally joking. I, I had not masturbated all day, and I'm a big, dirty, disgusting pig. And I masturbate like two, three times a day. And like basically, I can't remember the last time a man has touched me sexually. Point of the story is now think about this. So tonight when I masturbate, it's going to be this glorious, amazing feeling. Or if I, God forbid, have the time to look for a hookup, which I don't because, again, they're all different. But in Florida, men are different than New York. No one's looking for quick, 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 fast. For me, anyway. It's just like with these men who have not been to a gangbang in two years. It is going to be this, like, it's going to be just better than it ever has been for them. And more exciting. And that's the same thing, even like, you know, locals who live in these gay cities... Because we've just gone through this year, you don't take anything for granted anymore, is what I'm saying. So I feel like that people are really going to appreciate, uh, forget about sex, but nightlife and going out and enjoying life again. And that when all these things are happening, what I'm trying to say is that people are going to have a natural gratitude. I feel that that's where that roaring 20s aspect is really going to be a thing. Because people now are going to be so excited again to go out, they're not going to take it for granted. Because like, I just spent two years of my life not going out like these other countries, you know, and I, I, we, we've been on this, we've talked about this, you know, England, Australia, Australia's been on lockdown, like, how many fucking times have, they've had a lot more intense than the United States, which is why also our numbers probably are so much higher, but these Australian people, and the, I can only speak for them, they've been on lockdown so many times, like, we all bitched about, like, you know, how life sucked the last, you know, however long, can you imagine these people, their first trip to America? On, for vacation after being on lockdown for basically almost two years yeah they're gonna fucking go ham yeah and then, you know but they're gonna appreciate it well uh, so, before uh, before Thanksgiving we also have um, Veterans Day um, November 11th and that's usually a good party weekend so a lot of events are coming up then um, you said Pink Week we got Palm Springs with their Leather Pride I want to say their Pride is this weekend I want to say this coming weekend um and a lot of the southern, I said regional areas in the south have more parties during this time because it's kind of like their their prize. They, it's the best calendar year for them because it's, it's warm weather year-round. They don't have really a winter, so a lot of the southern parts of the world are having their prize coming up and winter pride. So it's a lot. It's a lot coming up, and then two, two twenty, uh, twenty twenty two is around the corner. Um, I also because I just remember this. DC, um, guess where World Pride is going to be in twenty twenty five? Where? Washington D.C. Wow. Yes, I was online looking at. I forgot what I was looking at. I think I was doing my research and updating the website, and that's when I saw that Washington D.C. is going to be World Pride. I don't know how I feel about, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I've heard a lot of, um, and when I say negative, I've heard a lot of negative things about the gay scene in Washington from the gay Washington men. Uh, wherever I meet men from Washington, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, I've had some good experience with some Washington, D.C. men because, one, normally after I take wipe the cum off my face, I try to leave, but I've had conversations with them to learn where they're from. And they've always said the same. I always ask, I ask everyone, oh, how's the gay scene where you're from? And they're like, ugh. I always hear, like, horrible. It's, 
I hear it's very pretentious. I hear it's very, uh, um, what's the word they say? They say pretentious and uh, not very, like, fun or something. You know, all these different negative connotations. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm really excited to see in three years uh, what that's going to be like in this town that's very pretentious. And, you know, it's like Scandal, the TV show, because I always bring it up to them whenever I talk to them. And they're like, yeah, it's just like that. Now to see all these, when I say trash pots myself, all these crazy, flamboyant, you know, sexually free, dirty pigs, like fucking like pouring up Washington. I wonder what that's going to be like. I think it'll be like Mall, which is coming up um, in January. So for those listeners who are new to us, um, Mall is, is M-A-L, which is short for Mid-Atlantic Leather Weekend. And it's in Washington, D.C. every January um, around Mar- MLK Weekend around Martin Luther King weekend. So it's like mid-January. And it's a leather uh, celebration. It's, you can, I don't know if there are- Were they they canceled last year? I believe so, yes, or it was pared down. I think it was either canceled or pared down, like really, really small. No, because people, no. I think we talked about that because people were still being horrors down there. They still went. They still, it was, I think they did go. I want to say. it was sold out like the hotel the you know the host hotel which i think is the hyatt it was sold out within i think a couple of days it is not a small hotel again back to what we do uh with you know sexual cruise and all these fun things i think ml mal it's uh the reason why it's so popular like a lot of these fetish events is because again it's about being a minority within a minority because the thing is it's not just about sex you know all these men who are leather they're a minority of the gay community in that you know fetish and leather pride and you know like and, and, cause I, I you know I, I, there's a lot of them that i follow and try to masturbate for on facebook all the time they blocked me throughout the years so sad Excuse me, hold on one second. Someone's knocking on my door. This is actually wonderful because I might be killed. Because why is someone knocking on my door? Hold, hold, hold on. If, if I scream twice, everyone knows I'm dead. Oh, thank you so much. Fucking Amazon. Don't play around Florida, Fucking Amazon. God bless Jesus. Anyway, it's just a butt plug. No, I'm joking. It's, it's actually nothing fun. I got new colored uh, Sharpies for my for my vision boards because I like different colors. But anyway, back to what we're saying about MAL. I think with MAL, it's also, you know, a lot of these men who I follow, I, I think I said his name. Oh, shit. Did I say his name? Well, it's too late now. His name is Brian Bolt. Oh, God, his name is so beautiful. I was always like, you know, I was a very submissive sage in my life, and I would always try to jerk off from The point of the story is... When I watched and followed some of these men who were hardcore MAL and go to these big leather events, it's we talked about this before, it's not about sex to them. It's more of it's a, a community. It's almost a, like a, a brotherhood. Culture, it's like a, a brotherhood. brotherhood. I mean, yes. one where you... And, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of them sex, but the ones that I found, I found like, even here in Fort Lauderdale, I will say this, a lot of the men who I've met here were very into leather, who I constantly try to put out for. I put out, I'm a very sexually free person, we all know this. I'm, I'm proud of it. I just don't see anything wrong with saying to someone, Hi, my name's Brian. Would you like to put your dick next to my tonsils? I just don't understand why people just <laughs> think find that offensive. But these men are very... There's a few of them here in Fort Lauderdale that I bluntly tried to play with. Like, hey, that's your naked for you, jerk off. Like, I, I, all different fetish angles. 
they bluntly just have no interest in sex. And at first I wanted to knock them, and again, me, almost judge them, but then I realized this is who that community is, that they take sex almost like straight people do in the fetish community. It's more dragged out and long, and like, basically, you'll find these men, and I've seen this, They want more of a, a connection. Yeah, but you'll find these men, that's what I mean. Like, you'll see all this big group of men, beautiful men, wearing harness and jock straps, and literally, if anything, they've had sex one time the entire weekend. Or, you know, or like, you know, one event, or I, I always call them, I like this so much, they call them, uh, you know, uh, S, uh, S and M, show and model. Like, um, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the men who go to, we're gonna give shout out to my daddy Erson, daddy Erson's Ram party. As much as there's a lot of hot fonts, a lot of hot sex, a lot of those men go to the, the ramp part. Like, I'd I say the mainstream parts. Like, the, these big, beautiful men wearing fetish gear who are literally just there to stand around, show a model because they're going to have sex at home, you know, whatever, with their, you know, very uh, VIP group. Um, but the thing is, these men who are real hardcore into these fetishes, they literally will go to these events the entire night to really talk to each other and talk about, you know, there's so much more about fetishes. But the fetish, leather, um, how it got started, the history of it, they really delve into the culture. And they really, and, and if you are curious or interested in it, they will educate you and assist you and help you. That's the one thing I will yes. say about the leather community. They're very opening and welcoming. And a lot, a lot of our lesbians and um, queer people Jarray uh, took is it Jarray? No, that's not the. I don't know. Well, you know what's so funny? They they go they go they they gravitate. That's the word. They gravitate towards that community a lot because they're so accepting and so embracive that they. That's the, a lot of times. That's what the beauty of that community is because they they're so accepting. There's actually there's two of them. Well, I mean, I'm going to take that back because I don't really think they're too accepting. I don't like to be negative, but it's true. A lot of them, I feel, are actually not accepting because the second that you offend them in any way, shape, or form, they just don't understand. And when I say this, I'm not speaking about personal opinions. I'm speaking from an outlooker or from others. I've seen a lot of people have many problems with the fetish community. And when I say fetish community, I mean, a little bit, I, I have a few stories, but I have others who have told me stories where this is my thing. For people who are so accepting, how do you not accept sexual? I feel like what I'm trying to say is this. I feel that a lot of them are very big hypocrites. And what I mean by this, you know what, they can come from me all they want to. A lot of them are so accepting, but the thing is they do not, they, they, they're the worst slut shamers, is what I'm trying to say. Oh. The community, the, the whole, these men that we're talking about, not the fetish community, the real hardcore, like leather men, who are like, oh, respect, I feel they're very sexually, uh, What's opposite of free? Uh, oppressed. They're very sexually oppressing because the thing is, they are so quick to not only judge but to end it and you know waste hours and hours and hours and hours of these men's time and they're not very open to the sexual aspect of kink and fetish, which is why they are a minority of the gay community because a lot of men like you know who are sexually free and I, I'm one of them. I've completely, for the most part, given up on trying to play with men of fetish and men of leather. Because, baby, as much as I understand, I, I'm gonna nut. I'm not gonna nut. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna nut. It's like, I love leather, but I, I love cum too. It's just too fucking dragged out. And when I 
they dragged out, the second that something goes wrong, they completely want to drop you, and, you know, you waste hours of time, but also is, you know, I, 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 like I said, I, I, I'm really not speaking about myself. I've met many men who have told me these stories, and I have had similar ones. A lot of these very intense fetish men, they just are very prude. Like, like they, t- they talk these big games about things that they're sexually into, but then they'll never actually want to meet up. And like, you know, for example, I can only speak for my personal sport stories with this because all the stories that I'm talking about, I don't know because you know what, I was not there. And I mean that. But I, I've had a few run-ins with, and these men still talk to me. They still, I, I'm actually ghosting them now because they don't, I've given up because these men who were like, oh, God, yeah, I want to play, especially I've had a few in Fort Lauderdale got to a point where I'm like, baby, I'm not even saying, I'm saying this in my head, so I'm like, I'm not going to say, call you sir, we're never going to meet, and I'm over it, because guess what, you talk this big game here, when I see them live, but then I message them, hey, what's up, we never meet, but then all of a sudden, hey, how have you been, to be polite, because you never want to ever burn a bridge, I always answer, no, I'm good, but I really don't, because the thing is, they're so sexually, uh, I, I want to say shaming themselves in a way. And that's why the left fetish community to me is very fascinating because, you know, they pride themselves on all these things, but when it comes to sex, like, you know, like speaking of which, like my jerking off on Facebook story, and I'm proud of it, I've had a lot of very intense fetish men block me, and I get very, not upset, not mad, fascinated. Because for men that are all about leather and sexual experiences and fetishes, I don't send the anger when someone is being very open about being exhibitious, for example, and saying, I enjoy, like, you know, men watching me jerk off. And the thing is, again, it's not a thing about my looks, because these men I'm talking about have told me they thought I was attractive. But I've heard so many stories from others, and also a lot of them will say, if you come to me incorrectly, I'll block you. It's almost in a way like a lot of fetish men to me are very mean girlish. In the yeah, aspect, it's, so it's not, it, it, place, it's, it's like, bro, like, I'm not gonna lie, when I go on those sex apps for like recon, sometimes I won't even cruise someone or say hello because I read their profile, and after five sentences, I'm like, oh my god, there's so much trauma. work, bro. It's so much it's trauma. Even... <laughs> there's a lot of people, their profile shows their trauma, and it's like, if you only knew how you're perceived based on what you say, because a lot of people lean in negatively in their profiles and not positively. They tell you yes. what, what they won't tolerate. Night, I don't like this and this and that. And you better not come. Da, 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 da. That is your profile? That's how you think you're going to attract someone? Really? By being nasty and negative and, and just showing how like you're very off limits and I'm one of a kind and you could be blessed, yes. to, you'd be blessed to have an opportunity to be with me. That consider me damn because I don't want you. <laughs> well, that, 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 that's the thing with the fetish men is that what, what I was saying about MAL, the, the point of our rant, which this is what we do, we rant, uh, MAL is that you get the chasers, I call them. You get the men who have these fantasies and fetishes and dreams, like sadly an old version of Brian and Discord Thick Bear, who would run to go to MAL, where now is a seasoned jaded homosexual, I realize that I will go to MAL one day, and I will go like, to like the black party, but realistically if I go, it's going to be all these men who 
talk this big game, who aren't going to play, and the few men who are there playing are Listen, the men who are like me. No, what you're, no, what, no, I know what's going to happen. You're going to book a room at the host hotel and be a total pig in that hotel the whole time you're there. You might step out to get something to eat, but that's it. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, I've seen video of people take filming from other, because you know, DC is not a big city. So a lot of these hotels are very adjacent to each other. And I literally, you can see people filming People in the corner sucking and fucking in every fucking yes, but, room. But those, but those are the chasers, not the real men who made the event. The men who are doing it. Like chasers, I said, I you, but that's okay. Work. You will find your tribe in that host hotel. I'm yeah, positive. I really do. I hope so. You know, we'll see what my that future is. Right now, working at the Eagle, Wilton Manors, it's uh, a very intense schedule. Basically, they just own me. You know, one day I have two shifts, one day I have five shifts. Requesting on. Basically, unless it's like the month of August, you can't request off. So I don't know when I'm going to have the money or time. So hopefully as soon as late night cruising well, takes off enough, me and Rick will host uh, something at ML one year yeah. and have separate At IML. Don't which be- my gangbangs are separate from your gangbangs. And don't forget, IML is coming up in, Mar- uh, in May, Memorial Day weekend in Chicago. And that's the International Mr. Leather. So whenever you see any leather contests from bars and... Um, I don't think we ever talked about leather contests. We just had Mr. Eagle um, earlier, last month, early, the first week of uh, last month. And there's bars and chapters, I think that's what they call them. And everybody has a, they have a uh, competition and then they select a person to represent their bar. Those people all fly out through sponsorships fly out to Chicago in May, Memorial Day weekend, uh, uh, a national holiday in the States. And, work and they and they compete the, the for different categories and then they, they crown someone. And that no, ho- that whole hotel is, is infamous. Like as of now, I think if you didn't book your flight your hotel, I think it's already sold out. That's how popular these states are. Well also the men who what I'm saying is how hard it is the men who run them and the men who do them. Like, you know, I love giving a shout out, like, you know, John, John, um, and, um, oh my God, oh my God. I'm going Dan? Blank, I'm not, uh, uh, fuck, uh, I, I, all, Q? All, the, all, all the Mr., the, the, Mr., the, oh, Mr. Mr. on Q? Uh, well, Q, uh, fuck, oh my God, uh, he, was, he was right after John, John. Oh, but he, he was the last Mr. Eagle. Before, uh, the, fuck, I, I love him. He come, he, he sings, Joe, oh, oh God, that's uh, Joe, that was it, Joe, oh, thank God. All of these people do, the thing is, they're, they're very much also a part of the culture, but also going to things. Like, you really have to go to the, all the events, and when I say go, you want to go, but the thing is, like, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard to balance it out. Because the thing is, you also have, it's, it's actually, it's like being, it's almost a way like being Miss America. You yeah. Have that's the, that's the best way, that's the best way um, to describe but also that. Is you have to be, and this is what I really mean by this, being one of these men, one of these title holders, you really do have to be a, uh, you really do have to be a good person in that you are a role model. What I mean by that is, and I see now more than I did in the past, the people who I've met, and I know, you know, uh, Dan Jimenez has been, uh, God knows, he's been Mr. Bear, 
uh, octopus to this, that. Uh, you know, all these guys. The thing is, it's like being a celebrity, but like in Miss America, so many people always want to talk to you and always want to say hello to you. And you always have to be friendly and nice. But the thing is, again, it's not just about when you're out in public. Like, well, listen, I'm very friendly and nice out in public. You know, even when I bartend, like, you know, I have rare times I'm really busy. And guys, oh, my God, Brian, I follow you on that. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really busy right now trying to make a living. I'm like, I love you so much, but I can't be your friend right now. What the fuck? But the thing is, it's also the point of answering. It's You're a celebrity, like, answering all these. Because they tell them, like, do you men, like, message them on social media platforms? And, like, expecting to talk to them right away as, like, a role model. That's what I'm trying to say. That these men also have jobs, like, real jobs. You know, so I get all of that as well, but um, it, it really is. And I, you know what? I'm so we're still gonna talk about Rick Street Room. I'm not sure how much time we have left. We'll do it next time because I love the direction work, that we work. went. Little big, big dick Ricky always is like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Bitch!" After five minutes, we'll find a topic and we just go crazy and wild because these are things that are really important. I think a lot of our community does not know about the fetish and leather community because I feel like again, I hate saying this, but even within a minority. It's a stereotype that even gay men, when they think of the leather men, it's always like a joke, like that Tom of Finn, like, oh, oh yeah, the leather harness and the whips and the chains, and you know, where it's like, there's such a different world, culture, respect, and you know, that they are. And, like, listen, I love certain people, like, I'm always gonna say about John John, I love John John from uh, Joe, all, like a lot of the New York leather guys, because I'm their buddies. I'm not trying to sex them too, but, but I, you know, for me personally, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really a crazy, crazy fan of the fetish leather community, the real ones, because a lot of them it's like, baby, I'm too sexually free for all of you. But I'm not hating. I just know who I am. I'm very sexually free. I, I see fetishes, and but I, I also see like, like I, I'm always gonna say this. Is why I was never a sub or a, a slave, quote unquote, like your sub slave. Baby, I'm always gonna come. I'm gonna flying fuck what the fetish is, how hot it is. Listen, my dick, there is going to be semen coming out of my urethra before I leave your house. Even when I was a young, a young picture, if you will, Brian and the Squirt Thick Bear, all shaved. A young child trying to be a sub, trying to fit that Baby Queen. Really Baby Queen Brian. Yes, and the few men that I've met in the fetish community who were very serious, I had a few run-ins, which clearly they never called me again, where they were doing that whole dominance where you're like, you know, yeah, I'm just using you to fuck you, and you're not going to come. Let me tell you, I always remember the story. I literally shot my load as I was walking out of the man's door because I would never not come. I would never <laughs> have blue balls. And I had one time a man came to my house for some fetish play. I literally shot my load as he was walking, standing up to leave. And both men, both laughed in a way because they were like god you are such a pig you couldn't even just play into the scene and i'm like absolutely not i'm always gonna come but um there, there's that uh, uh, you were uh saying something about iml though too uh before i we went on another tangent oh i'll just say as a as a reminder that like that hotel it like it, okay so i guess we should tell them what a host hotel is so a host hotel is a ho- is when an organizer create um, I guess partners with a ho- uh, a luxury uh, I don't want to say luxury but a, a hotel that has multiple rooms that can host their um, their guests their partic- their pay- um, their guests for their event and and lot with the with the growing trend of parties and events happening 
a lot of these hotels initially were able to host, be able to carry all their all the um, all the guests in there. Now it's such a growing trend, and it's getting it's growing and getting so popular that a lot of these places are now having two host hotels. So of course you'll have the designated one that's the truly sponsored, and then on their website they'll suggest like, okay, this is the next hotel that's nearby. You can book bookings there. And a lot of them have package deal where have special pricing just exclusively for their um, their guests. So, like for instance, I think at um, in Chicago, I know they have a package deal where you have to go literally go through the website in order to book the hotel room for that event because they have certain dates that you have. I think it's a minimum of three nights. So I think it's a way for them to reap the benefits of of having designated rooms um, off for for the for the guests. And you got like, I think like they'll they'll start they'll they'll exceed it from like maybe like from a Thursday or Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday to possibly like a Monday and Tuesday to allow more um, to allow leeway to allow people to get in early who want to get there on time you know right in the middle of things and ones who want to come a little bit later so that's something to consider if you do are interested in MAL or um, or IML, I definitely suggest you go to their websites first before you book your, your hotel there. I, I, more famous piggyback, I want to piggyback on that. Uh, a lot of these host hotels, too, for all these big gay events, you know, and again, it's not a mean thing. It, it, it is, it's money, it's a business. They want to make the most possible money they can make. So clearly, they, you know, they'd be stupid, and it's not just for gay events, even straight events do this as well. They're, they know for a fact that this big group of people are coming regardless. So they're not going to not come, so they know we're going to fucking rape them financially. They actually don't. They're, I would say, average, if you compare it to New York prices, they're roughly around $200 a night. No, but here's where they rape them. They rape you, and this is straight events too, it's not just gay. Uh, it's not just, so first of all, to be in the host hotel, the reason why the people pay the, and this is where they, they're saving, it's a very, listen, this is a classic pyramid scheme. It's like me going to Bath and Bodies. You're welcome, everyone, I'm really gay. When I go to Bath and Bodies, that's how they get me. They tell me to buy five things for the price of three, so yeah, I'm saving, but bitch, I was never buying those three things anyway. So I just walked in to get one fucking candle to cover the smell of goddamn semen in my apartment. But do you see what I'm saying? So the thing is, yes, the hotel room, what they're doing is, the reason why they're winning is because if you're at the host hotel, you get a bracelet. And this bracelet gets you access, like we talked about, to all the parties which are in the host hotel. So the main events, like, you know, let's, you know, I'm going to use... They're uh, actually I'm, separate. I, I, I just, they're I'm actually separate. Dates. They're actually I'm, separate. Some of them have package deal where most of it is really separate nowadays because... A lot of people felt like they were either obligated or felt like it was too expensive. So they really kept that separate now and let people do more a la carte as far as the events. But well, I, I, just, I just know from other uh, uh, events that I've gone to throughout the years, it's worth it to stay in the host hotel. Because the thing is this, that these events, like I, I, I'm, I'm speaking on gay days in Orlando, so I remember I, I, when I, I, I was here for two gay days. And I went to both of them. This was before the pandemic years ago. <laughs> and 
my friend still works Girls in Wonderland, which is a les the lesbian part of Gay Days. Isn't that so clever? Girls in Wonderland. I loved it. Anyway, they still do. They actually just worked. They, they just had the Girls in Wonderland separate from Gay Days. But anyway, being in the host hotel, you're paying a little bit more than the hotel normally would be for that night, but it's not murder. But also, because you're in the hotel, you're making the hotel look good because the hotel's packed with all of that uh, main event people, uh, like, which is what the you know, people going. Well, like, like, think about Comic Con, perfect example. You know, like that, that's not gay, it's not sex. Comic Con's host hotels, normally, like, you know, if the event's in one of the hotels, everyone wants to stay there. But they'll give you deals where, since you're already staying in a hotel, you know, your ticket into Comic-Con is included in your stay at the room or something like that. But the thing is, if you're not staying in the hotel, and this is where the money comes in with taking advantage, is you have these people who are coming regardless, like ML, regardless of what the fuck's happening, if I didn't get a room, I'm still going to go to every goddamn event. So now I'm going to be at that host hotel every day paying the walk-in price pain and that's where the hotel is making so much money for all the people who didn't get a room in the host hotel which is also why the people in the hotel make sure they got it first but then on top of that now you have to worry about the ubers back to your hotel or getting back well to and hook it of course the the hookup of you know hook it up it's so much easier when you know when you got your app and you got all these thousands of men especially if you're coming from a place where there's not a lot of guy around you know that close <laughs> There, you literally don't have to even get on your phone. You just walk out the room. Somebody has their door open, you know, having a gangbang or an orgy. Like, you, you that's... Well, but that's the thing, too, about the, the prayer of my point of story is if you have the opportunity, I always say this, this is how I live life. If you really can't afford to go on vacation, don't go. If you can't afford to tip the waiter, don't go to a restaurant. If you can't afford to stay at the host hotel and you have the choice, what I'm trying to do is don't try to save a buck. Because I met so many people throughout my years who have tried to go on a vacation they really couldn't go on and try to save a buck, which, I, listen, I get it. Like, you know, I, I also understand, like, you know, some people want to live, they're never going to be able to afford it they always tell themselves that. The thing is, if you have the choice and the option and you have that you could stay in the host hotel, don't try to save a couple of bucks one way because you're going to end up spending more not staying in the hotel. If, if you can, if you can. You know, I always say that for, like, things, events like that nature. You know, it's like... You know, again, but it's also opinions, too, of how you are with those things. But I will say, when it comes to these host hotels for gay events, everything Big Dick Rick just said is absolutely accurate. The hotels also close their eyes and ears and turn a cheek to these. Like It's like, it's like gay cruises. You know, gay cruises happen on, like, Royal Cruise. You, they, they have no affiliation. Because they, 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 they limit your access. You have to have a key. When it's the events like that, you have to have a key. It's or to access the level, and they'll they'll check. Do you have a room key? Like you yes. cannot go into the and then you Which know. Which is why it's worth it too. But the, what I meant by trying to eye is that you know they know. Like for example, the the Hilton, the chef, they know. All right, we're hosting an entire like, like realistically. I, I don't even know how it works, but it, 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 you very very rarely see anyone in these hotels during these weekends or weeks that is not there for the event. It's very rare to the one like stupid businessman or businesswoman who's like, no, like they'll tell them, like they'll, they tell them, like just like you know, it's actually going to be an event here called Men's. Oh, okay, but it was also the, the you know these people are coming like you. What I'm trying to say is they see that like oh this hotel's only this much. I travel for business. Okay, I'll go see someone else. They turn their face because they know. So for example, these hotels allow 
doors to be open as gangbangs are happening. Like it's like the, it's like the, the the cruise ships. You know, we've all heard the stories of the gay cruises. You know, these gay cruises when they have the gay cruise. Oh we, my! I forgot a, about that. It's a gay fuck fest, gangbang. These men and women who work on the ship as the bartenders, as the you know the the clean, they know walking into that week. Okay, so normal things that we would see. We know this is going to be a gangbang of 4,000 gay men on the ship, so it's not even necessarily turning lies that this is what it's going to be. Like, you know, I've always heard stories like, you know, the gangbangs happen in these, you know, uh, like the, on the Lido deck. You know, clearly in normal times on this cruise ship, you know, if they saw a man and woman, woman having sex or two gay men having sex, you know, right, oh my God, you can't do this, go to your room. Where these weeks they're like, all right, like, you know, even like gay days, I remember this, and gay days is not a fetish event. You know, I, oh my God, the gangbangs I've had for gay days with men. Because I remember walking through gay days. And this was again years ago, and I was happening. Okay, okay, hold up. Like, people. gay days. Isn't that in um, Anaheim? No, gay days is in Orlando, Florida. It's Disney gay days. Well, no, I, I think they have, I think there's two of them. I think because I feel like Disneyland has one also. Um, I don't know for sure. I know Disney World does, but Disney World, the thing is this, if Disney World is clearly... But don't they have a magic... Well, okay, so Gay Days is different from um, One Magical Weekend. Not, Disney does not necessarily promote... I, I just heard they just recently... Now they don't give a fuck and they are a little bit. But, but Disney, it was ran like MAL. These gay, the gay community decided to make Gay Disney Days. And Disney has always said the same thing to all the homophobic guests. We can't shut down the park if the entire state of Tennessee decides to come to the Magic Kingdom today, sir. Because you get you, you lines of people saying, my kids, um, I want to see all these faggots. Oh, I'm not joking, they get rough. And Disney's response has been always, sir, it's like if one day the entire state of Tennessee comes to Disney World, we cannot... Uh, we can't control it. So Disney used to be very, but again, Disney. I loved. I love Disney. They're so clever. They, they don't. It happens in uh, Gay Pride Month. They don't promote it for the homophobic and things like that. But also is they'll purposefully find ways to promote it. Like, like for example, they do this big thing. At, they used to do this big thing at one of the water parks where Disney would make it available to the gay community to buy it out for the evening you know and also they would like make like gay like like rainbow so gay days is, is at night or no, gay days so gay how gay days runs uh because it really is actually gay days is very similar to mal always it, it is a big you know has a host hotel all these gay parties when, it, when is um, it they pick a day for each park so for example oh, like okay. you know tuesday is animal kingdom day wednesday is magic kingdom day and there's thousands of Mainly it's gay men, gay men who come and like they'll all go to Magic Kingdom, they wear the red shirts and they're gay, gay, gay. And then at nighttime at the host hotels, it's not really any of the gay clubs in Orlando. It's at the actual host hotels. There's these massive pool parties every night and it's just all the men in the hotels, the host hotels, where gay gangbangs, parties, like all these different things are happening. And then they have girls in Wonderland, which is what I was saying before. They have the lesbian part of it, which my, my best friends uh, work. Uh, and girls in Wonderland has their own, like, but they, I, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me, because I was asked to work and I was like, I love you so much, I'm so honored, but 
I am a true hardcore, like I am a gay man, I don't think it's right for me as a gay man to be working girls in Wonderland when you can have all women and gay women doing it. Like a straight woman, whatever. But I'm like, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm like, that, you know, I, I, I'm old school. Like, you know, God bless them. But like, I, I always see those pictures, like, you know, they have, like, in other states, they have girls. Because again, they, they have not a big gay scene. So, like, you'll walk into a gay bar and it's a lesbian and a gay man. And I'm like, all right, well, I get it's a mix. When I see a woman working, like, I, I said this actually at a black party. I'm not trying to be off topic, but just real quick with this. Uh, I remember a black party, I would see women working the black party because the, the, where they hosted the one year, which was in, uh, this was, oh, God, this year. It was when I was on 11th Avenue. They had the big clusterfuck with the dressing room. Oh, I didn't go to that one. That's yes, one of the... They had these women working things. The women, don't get me wrong, they were sexy fucking hot bitches. They were not joking around. They were wearing fucking some fetish gear. But they, because I met, I made friends with one of the girls, even though I was like, why are you working this? Because you should be a rippling gay man with cock out. She's like, well, honestly, we're all, we work for this venue. So just because it's the black party, we're still working, you know, which I have to say too, when I've been hired for circuit parties, I've worked that were underground. It was the same kind of event. They would offer me the straight parties as well. It's like, you know, venue's venue. But anyway. Oh, you just, just, um, because you meant you brought it up, gay cruises. Atlantis 30th anniversary Caribbean cruise has been sold out. I want to say since January of this year, and it doesn't come. It doesn't start. Yeah, like it was sold out so quick that they have a waiting list, and the 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 cruise ain't until this January. That's how crazy it sold out because the 30th well, anniversary. I know again pandemic has been, uh, you know, I know that they're really just starting to restart up, but the, the Atlantis Cruises, you know, I'm so glad that this, this was our podcast, and we have an amazing podcast for you next week. We're definitely going to talk about everything that we have for today next week, but this is so important. I have never had the luxury and honor to go on a gay cruise yet because of, A, it doesn't matter, even not during the pandemic, they're not easy to get a spot on. They're not cheap either. Because men go from all over, they all want to do it. But well, you have to, is, you have to uh, have an alert. You have to have it, your credit card ready. You have to have the alert and notification that as soon as they open up, you have to buy a ticket. Otherwise, because yes, they book, they book fast. And when I say book fast, I know this too from the little time I worked on a cruise ship, which I loved. I, I've heard about this that other cruise ships lines is like. For example, they have like singles cruises, and they have they, they do have theme cruises. They buy so fast because the thing is, because I always ask my questions, what do you do if there's like you know like I don't know like a gay cruise, like you know like straight people are on there, or or like you know I heard about like the, oh the cruises that were like you well know, Atlantis they, is the gay the gay cruise line. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I mean is the the point of like like when they do like this special like you know uh, twenty to thirty cruise ships. Uh, I was like, well, what, if, what if you get a bunch of senior citizens trying to buy it? They're like, that never happens. Because when you do that, when you do these specialized cruises that don't happen, there's so many thousands of people, and it only happens that, like, you know, again, Atlantis doesn't happen once a week. It's select, you know, a couple weeks. <coughs> they are waiting. So basically, the way that was explained to me from my friend who works in cruise ships, uh, he was saying that, like, for example, when they do, like, a... a you know, an old, per, an older uh, senior cruise, or a singles cruise, or uh, uh, what's it called today? You know, any kind of theme cruise. Even since there are thousands of those people waiting to book within seconds, 
no one is slipping in to get that spot so fast. It's like we're talking about with MAL, how the hotel is booked within literally, what do they say, five minutes? So the same thing with this Lance, but with the Lance Cruz, even we haven't been on them, clearly you pay us spine sex for you. Me and Rick, this is why we do what we do and we love it. Me and Rick have both read, I've read at least the vid- 50, no. 100 articles. Video. Videos. I see videos and footage and it's just crazy. I love them and that's why we do this. You know, it's about, we love it. The thing is, basically any topic you have to talk about, I've been, we've researched because I want to. These crews, these gay crews, I've heard all the horror stories. I've heard all the glory stories. I've heard the pluses, the minuses, the the, this part, that part. At the end of the day, which is looping and uh, tying to next week's podcast about, uh, you know, us our culture of being a minority is that it's just so nice to be on a ship with every man who also likes men. Yes. And I'm going to say it again. Like, you know, that's what our podcast next was supposed to be about about next week. You're talking about that minority. You know, we take for granted. People don't realize we still are, even living in gay cities, we still are a minority. And, and shout out to our, it's not to our smaller cities too because I feel or like, they, a shout out to, I want to give a shout out to our smaller cities that not quote-unquote gay but had gay listeners there because I feel like they don't really get a voice in a lot of uh, American culture you get like like for us the gays in New York like us are the gays in LA and maybe in the south but you really don't have that rural middle America voice that just says hey this is everyday life yeah I'm gay but at the same time I do other stuff that I think gay other, other gay men will enjoy so I want to give that shout out, and I also want to bring out that there's gay camp for people who don't have quote unquote big city, don't live close to a big city. Gay camp for your, to me, is your gay city. Like if you have a gay camp in your state, which there's a lot, especially if we have a list on the website. There's a lot of gay, where there lacks gay bars, there's gay camps. Well, I think and there a lot of them within driving distance. Is actually empowering to all those people you're talking about. I'm empowering them too. They have it harder, and they have to work harder to have a sense of gay culture. It's like those gay bars I was talking about. You see in other cities because the cities that are gay friendly or the cities that are not gay cities, like there's, listen, there's always a gay bar in a state, and people like when I I met between New York, Fort Lauderdale, everywhere I've been, you know, that have been lived, all the gay people that I met from other places. Yes, there's always a gay bar in the area, but maybe it might be an hour drive. And the thing is, with them, it's so much more harder. The thing is, but they find a way to not only make it work, but they have more of those. So the thing is, what I'm trying to say is, this is where I respect them and empowering them and giving them that voice, is that that's who these events are more empowering for. Because, you know, with someone like myself or you, we still, even though we're going to have fun, we love it, whatever we talk about, all of us gay city people take it for granted. Because as much as it's great and it's wonderful, when we're on Atlantis cruise, on the gay cruise, Yes, it's fun. Oh, God, everyone who's gay. But also, we've done this on accident so many times. Where to these, and that's what you always forget. We talk, we've talked about this before when you go, like you're living in gay cities. All the men that I have sex with from other places, I, when I see that excitement in their eyes, and I humble myself to realize when they tell me their stories of their gay bar or their, you know, gay culture in their non-gay city, it's like, oh my God, I'm so ungrateful the respecting the happy. So what I'm trying to say is that you have to look at that too. And that's where also, again, piggybacking for next week's podcast again about gay men being promiscuous. A lot of the chasers, like I was saying earlier in our podcast with MAL, 
a lot of the sexes, like I said, again, it's not that they're sluts. It's not that they're pigs. These men don't, they have not seen thousands of gay men in one spot with hard and high penises who want to fuck right now. And they're like, it's not they're whore or they're stupid or they're ignorant. They're like, fuck. No, when I go back home, my gay bar is 100 guys and they're lucky on a Friday night. Yeah, I'm going to fucking suck. It'll get sucked. I'm, yes. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I would get that pin of when I get home, but I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I'm going to say, this is a story I had a uh, real quick one about the black party. I remember my first black party there, which I did love. When the black party again, that's a whole another. We talked about this for years. Uh, this you are not going to shit on the greatest party in the world. What you say? I say you're not going to shit on the greatest party in the world. Because I don't care no, where no, the black party I, is. I, I'm, I'm talking about my first party, how good it was. Oh, okay. I, I, I always talked about as much as I, I said how, again, not the black party, our culture has changed the black party. But the first black party that I have gone to, which again, we just quick hand landers versions for new listeners, people don't know what the black party is. It is a circuit, it is a annual circuit party. But the thing was, again, my first one was how it was really started, where it was all about fetish and kink and different things. Anyway, this man, this beautiful, 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 I'll always remember, when I'm dying, he will be one of the dicks and faces of man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> beautiful man. I can't remember exactly where. I'm pretty sure he was from Texas. But this man, we had a great conversation afterwards. We had intense fetish sex in play, and he told me flat out, he goes, He's beautiful. He goes, I, I, yeah, there's, there's gays, things, and where I'm from. I, I, I've had sex with men before. He's like, the thing is, is to see thousands of gay men all about kink and fetish in one space, all sexually free. I always remember this as I, was, I had, I think I was 24, this black bar. And I was just, so this is, a, oh my God, fuck. I'm, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That was 12 years ago. Oh my God. I'm so old. Anyway, the man, I remember this conversation because I was chain smoking cigarettes talking to him. Um, he was telling me about the thing is like for example with me he said he was he almost felt uh, uncomfortable how he slutted out to me because he goes I just see this thick hairy man being so sexually freed as you were he was turned me on to this point and this man by the way in a way I felt was out of my league but the point is and I realized this as living in gay cities, we take for granted how we see these tourists. That's what I'm trying to say to you. How we see all this. This man, again, I don't know his whole life story. We only hung out in the island two of his nuts. And we only, uh, he came in my mouth twice. But we only talked for about, maybe this is like 7 o'clock in the morning. So we only talked for about 30, 40 minutes. But what he was saying was that he doesn't do this on the regular going to these black parties. And even I said to him, even me as a New Yorker, this is a big event for us too. I don't see fucking this many goddamn porn stars fucking coming to the crowd. You know what I'm saying? But we forget about the other aspect of it. And this is what our next podcast is about is that it's not that we're sluts. It's that we are so turned on that we don't get to see this every day, but also turned on that we know this is not normal because this is we are a minority all in one spot as a central minority. But we don't and know if we will ever have this experience again. So it's kind of like living in the moment. Yes, not sluts. Uh, uh, yeah, living in the moment. Uh, but anyway, the, the point of that story, though, too, is and that's why I'm giving so much of a shout out and respect for the men who are not living in gay cities or gay friendly places. I respect them because you know what? I'm gonna say they do a great job. All the people I'm friends with all over from Instagram, Facebook, I see these people who really take pride in making, you know, these gay spaces they have somewhere.
free and be gay and you know and have fun and you know what the thing is it's, it's like me like I'm gonna say like you know every gay city is different it's Fort Lauderdale I'm not I'm not shitting on Fort Lauderdale where I live it's not New York City you know but same thing Palm Springs is Fort Lauderdale is Palm Springs Fort Lauderdale absolutely you know every everywhere is different but the thing is and that's what I'm trying to say is that they in a way make it better because they make the best out of you know where it's like we talk about cruising and I, we've, we've talked about this just recently some of the most amazing videos and stories and things I've heard are like gay cruising spots in non-gay cities because since they don't have like you know again the oversaturation like I feel like in gay cities like you know Fort Lauderdale you know New York you, you know it's oversaturated you have so many sex parties happening every Friday night it's like oh my god where to go and you walk to one to come there's 20 guys here where in these other places and I've heard these stories like for example like their version of the Rambles you know which is again Central Park's cruising area that is coming back to life after years like let's say like the cruising woods in I don't know a non-gay city non-gay state that fucking cruising area is packed every night with so many men or you know there's the sex that happens there when they do see like you know I went to some in uh, a non-gay city I, 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 I have friends who uh, who uh, who went cruising in like North Carolina, and it's at various parks. And they was telling me how like it get, it gets busy, and it's just like because that's because it's not that that's all they have. It's because I'm gonna say this compliment. It's more focused. So like for example, Orlando, and I did have a bad experience with them, but I'm not trying to show them because I you know didn't give them a chance. But Orlando had so many gay cruising that I was hearing about parks and woods and things like that and when you went to them they were like you know again I only had time to go like once or twice to a few of them they weren't really that packed but again it was that oversaturation but when you did have sex there and this is what I heard from the guys who I meet there and talk to very friendly I will say this and they would tell me but you know what though when you come here once every two weeks once a week when that night comes that you see that guy that you think is so hot and he thinks you're hot, and you're finally like, thank God, I'm in this park, and I see this guy. You are going to have the most intense sex back there. And my last story about that, I'm, I'm going to say, I feel like Orlando is gay-friendly. I never will consider it a gay city. You know, I will say this, and um, I always give that shout-out to Tanks. You know, I love Tanks. Tanks was, like, uh, very similar to Cock to me. Um, and bet barcodes. There was, and I'm not going to name which one, but there was times I was there with other friends of mine who moved to, from New York, and I remember the sex that we had there was sometimes earth-shattering more than even New York City. Because the thing is, us being free pigs and being like, fuck it, we're going to do it, these other men, I always remember this one night, these other men were there that I thought were so hot, and they were just like, you know, they are like, they're normal, like, all right, you know, let me see, you're going there for the night. And when they saw us being party starters and like bluntly stripping naked outside, God, that gangbang, it was like about good like 30 men. It was so fucking beautiful and so wonderful. But the thing is, these men. When Brian says gangbang, he means orgy, just for the record. Go ahead. You're welcome. But these men, though, that's what I'm trying to say is where it's so much better for them. Those men, it's, it's almost like you were talking about before masturbating. When you don't nut six times a day, it's almost hotter when you finally do. And that's where I'm also going to, you know, goddamn, I'm such a Buddhist nowadays. Going backwards and giving a shout out and respect to the fetish and leather community that I was kind of saying something, you know, they are a little, you know, not for me. It's like them. As much as, you know, they drag things out to this point where, to me, I get turned off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not into it. I'm sure when those men finally 
actually do have some kind of fetish sex play, I'm sure their orgasm is amazing and earth-shattering. But the, the list of laundry lists and when we will meet at 5 o'clock on a Sunday, half past the sunset rising, backyard, you smelling like this, wearing one red... God bless the man who can do it all. But for me, it's like, baby, after like the seventh conversation, I'm done. But I'm sure when I do have sex, it's amazing because they've held out so long. God bless them. It's like Oktoberfest. God, oh my God. We have, you know, closing up our podcast. Can you, I just want to give a shout out. We talked about this again. All of our listeners who are new, October, uh, Oktoberfest is newfound, really crazy. Of uh, submissive men locking their dicks up for an entire month of chastity. It is November 2nd. Do you know how many men have had the most intense, amazing orgasm? Let's, let's do a big clap. There are thousands and thousands of men throughout the world, world, not just the country, from Locktoberfest who have literally been unlocked and their cops have been free now for 48 hours. God, I, 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 wow, I, I could not imagine a life of 30 days of celibacy, and even the men who are coming soft in their chastity, I can't imagine the feeling of their first hard erection, God, but I mean, I, I, like I said, listen, I think it's so hot, and I would love, I love coming on chastity cages, I do, I love men who have a chastity cage, I, I, I that's the dominant, I do love it. But God, I, I, I say this when I say God, it's not a nightmare, but I just, I just, I don't see the personal enjoyment that I would have wanted for me, that whole, because like I said, I've been in chastity one time, and it was so hot, but I literally came soft within 15 minutes, I remember the dom, that's why I really don't have any sub-stories, because all the doms always laugh at me with me, they're like, God, you're such a pig, you had this cage on for 20 minutes, and you came soft from me putting the vibrator on you once. God damn it. It's been 20 minutes. I always remember that hot guy. He, used to, he was laughing. He thought it was hot, but he goes, God, you're such a pig. He's like, the first time you came within 20 minutes of having a chastity on for your first time ever, you are such a pig. And I'm like, thank you. So I got a second date. He goes, God, you have no respect for, for dominance at all, dude. He loved it. We're still good friends. Everyone's but anyway, so I just wanted to clap for that. So, Richard, I loved everything that we talked about today. Yeah, we, we had a good I show. I loved how uh, we talked, went into this whole foundation of not only gay cruises and M-A-L, I-M-L, uh, you know, hotel, uh, the host hotel <laughs> things, um, but also talking about... Gay. Uh, you know what's funny? I, you know, I pride myself on knowing about parties and events, and I really did understand, I really didn't know really much about gay days but also to piggyback on that don't they have one, so gay days so is one magical weekend like their pride at disney i'm not gonna lie to you i i'm uh I, 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 that's the party i know that's the party i know but with orlando orlando does have gay pride their gay pride is i'm pretty sure in october gay days 
again, I'm pretty sure if I remember, I know this year it was different this year because of the pandemic. I know Girls in Wonderland does, normally does not happen, I'm pretty sure, in October. I, 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 re, I remember Gay Days being in June because that, again, we were talking about with Disney. That's how Disney gets away with it, is that Disney World is not homophobic, clearly. And Disney does celebrate Gay Pride Month. Disney celebrates money. Okay. <laughs> they do celebrate money, but also Disney does have a... Disney now is very proud. Uh, uh, Disney has really opened up... Because they see this. It's that, but and I, then, I, you know, there's I'm more and more gay Disney families. Like there's more and more gay couple families, and they're like... They want Disney does have a respect for... Uh, minorities of all types, but also Disney does uh, really pride itself on what the Rainbow really always has stood for, which is uh, equality, excuse me, equality. Inclusivity. So, you know, and, and they, they do pride, so the thing is, Disney, have, why Gay Days has always been a Gay Pride Month, is because Disney always will say, oh, well, we have Rainbow Disney merchandise, which, that's new, that, that's only been the last couple of years, because we, because I remember the first time I moved there, Disney had gay cupcakes. I remember this. They, they had a cupcake of the week or something or month, and Disney's cupcake of the month was always a rainbow. Duh, gay pride. You know what I'm saying? So Disney got. But again, I, so I know they do have that, but they also have. I'm pretty sure uh, Orlando's Pride is in October, but also because of Pulse, I know that Orlando has really become a very, very. Uh, ally gay community, and this is where I, I say is that they are gay friendly, but I will say this for the heterosexual race. You know, you know, I'm heterophobic. My favorite saying it's going to be on one of our shirts, but in a funny way, but it's true. The heterosexual community of Orlando is very supportive of the gay community after Pulse and what happened, because that really touched not just the gay community uh, worldwide. Obviously, we all know about Pulse. If you do not, please, as a gay man, please go Google search immediately. And I'm saying this in the most not only educational way, but also in a way of how dare you not know about it. Anyway, I'm one of those old school gays. When you tell me you don't know what Stonewall stands for, I'm like, I don't care if you're 18. Go sit down at a computer and don't even try to go to a gay bar until you know it. Anyway, uh, Pulse, after that had happened, Orlando's community, and, and Orlando's a very big place, Orlando's a big city. The heterosexual community has really, they, they, they got hurt by Pulse. And they really did, like, when I, because I, my, again, my best friends, I'm the godfather, my best friend's uh, baby, I love them, they, you know, when they were at Pulse, and I saw every video, watched all of them, you know, it was such a big world thing, you know, gay community members from all over the country traveled there, but the straight people there, that is the one time you're going to hear Brian, I'm sort of thinking, talk about the straight people in a great way, the way that the first, I want to say, like, modern, like, big, big, like, stonewall kind of thing happened in our, our time. This is very important, so I don't care if we go over in time. Seeing the straight people, the real straight people, and when I say real straight people, the straight people who aren't, like, trying to be funny, but I'm not gay people. Seeing those people cry and really join our community, and that was the one time they weren't trying to look for attention. I'm a straight woman at a gay bar, or, you know, oh yeah, I'm a straight guy, I love gay men. Like, those people are like, I am here because I support homosexual expression. I support, you know, that. And that's what I always talk about with gay pride. We've talked about this before, too, how gay pride has you know, become so commercial with all the straight people. I always say this. You can't let one bad apple stereotype you. There are still so many straight people go to gay pride who are there for the right reason that I support 
this community and I want them to be what they want to be. Whether it's, like I said, I'm not trying to be negative, but there's so many straight people, me being heterophobic, that I get pissed at when I'm like, why are there 15 girls without one gay even walking around Fire Island on 4th of July? You're not here to support us, you're here to make a joke about it. That's what I mean, the zoo animals. That's what I'm trying to say. Is that I, I call it the zoo animal mentality of straight people in the gay uh, spaces, but Pulse was different. Pulse, those people were like, we are allies. So, so that's what I'm saying. Orlando is becoming, I feel, and I've heard this from other Orlando people that I actually could be friends with and stomach because I did not get along with many of them, sadly. Bad part of my life, bad time in my life. I'm blaming myself. They are becoming more of a gay city instead of gay friendly. So I will give them that. I don't know what the future for Orlando is because they did just lose because of the pandemic their number one gay spot called Parliament House. Clearly, they did lose polls. So their gay bars are, you know, more limited now. And again, like we always talk about in our podcast, and I always say this, I feel like uh, this is the year of, like, my Buddhist techniques, making anew and starting anew. There's so many viewpoints that I have that I've spoken about in our past years on the podcast. I look at differently now. For example, uh, the whole point of how so many, uh, it's not, how do I say this? I don't want to yell at the community of Orlando that I hate, it's the gay culture changing of how, like I used to talk about when I lived there that short time, how the gay bars weren't very packed, you know, and I, I get mad because I'm like, you know, you should be supporting, it, gay bars are not just about a gay space and you should want to have nights, I'm not saying no, don't talk, hang out with straight people, but I always say like, when I walk into a gay bar, forget about sexual aspects or going to a sex gay bar or a cruisy bar or a sex party, I like to have nights where I am with people who have been through the same things I've been through, but also is, yes, it's just, I'm gonna say, it's nice to be around other people who are men who like men, and you know, we're a minority. But uh, I also say this because it's not that, it's that our community has to relearn what pride is. Because our community now, we, we you know, the grinder, scruff, app things, you know, they're just, men don't go out anymore. And you know, they don't, they, I, I, you know, maybe they're not as sexual, maybe they're not as sexually free or piggy, but it's not about being sexual or piggy. Like I said, like, I go out sometimes not to have sex, just to be around other men that are gay. And um, I, I, I get confused too, because when you go on the apps, these apps are not, like we've talked about so many times, they're not a hookup anymore. But also it's a southern thing, I've learned this as well. I love this, I, I will always give, I love to clap hands for positives. I've learned this about Fort Lauderdale, but I'm guaranteed this is true for other states and other places, and places that are maybe not, you know, so ADHD, you know, vacation spots. Gay men in other places really don't have the apps. Fort Lauderdale, they, I swear to God, there are so many beautiful men that I've met and had great times with here in Fort Lauderdale that never had scruff or grinder. And when I met them, and right away go to this negative spot of, oh my God, well, uh, you, know, I, I, you probably blocked me on Scruff, or you probably didn't talk to me. I've never had Scruff. Mic drop. Do you see what I'm saying? So the thing is, they do it differently, but even the men here, they talk, uh, they're, okay, I, oh God, this is really bad. I, I swear, we're gonna end the podcast. You know, yeah, because it, the it, podcast. it Listen, if you don't like, God knows, I, I listen to podcasts, I listen to 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, so what does it matter? I just want to tell the story, I'm trying not to, I hope this man is not listening, because he knows about the podcast, and I'm really not trying to bash him, 
And I hope he doesn't take it that way, because I'm really saying that out of love, because it really was a very big link in my life. It happened just recently. Uh, I just, you know what, I guess I, I really don't have time to have sex. And I say that in a very humble way. I live a very full life with late night cruising, me and Rick. It's really become a big part of my life, my passion, and us trying to blow it up, because I'm so proud of it. I just love it so much. And, you know, again, I bartend at the Eagle, I do porn, I do OnlyFans, just friends, you know, fucking God knows massages that are special so it's very rare this is why also i don't have success on these apps because the rare times i'm horny enough i'm like oh my god i just i give myself 10 minutes and i'm like oh my god i can't even give any more time to jerk off anyway found this man and he's southern i'm not gonna say where he's from he's not from florida but he's from another southern state and i was shocked how he was messaging me back and forth and like we we're actually gonna meet because so i'm like what the fuck i'm like you know i haven't had a situation like this on Scruff and Grinder, even in New York, in such a long time, you know, before I left, you know, like, fuck, shit, oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, fuck, I'm gonna really meet a man right now, fuck, like, you know, I'm not being stupid, and finally I was so exhausted, it was after my shift to the Eagle, and it was a very busy night, and uh, I was leaving extra late, and I finally, the man's like, oh yeah, we just jerk off, or suck each other, whatever, he's like, come to my house, da, da, da. and I'm like, oh, finally, he's, I'm like, he said he was with friends, so I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, we're gonna have a gangbang. He's like, oh no, it's a guy or whatever. So I got, so I'm expecting, I'm gonna walk in. They're gonna be in bed already. I'm walking right to his room. We're gonna have sex. I walked in. All the lights were on. They're all drinking, hanging out, and this is like four o'clock in the morning, and the doors open, and I was like, what the fuck? Now again, as Rick Easley, for anyone who's not seeing this, I don't think we're taping this. Even, Rick's face to a New Yorker. This is what I'm trying to say about how you have to really look at other places and start to, instead of hating, I'm starting to learn. A New Yorker who's looking for an NSA no strings attached hookup, and that that trust me, that New Yorker in me was getting very, and not only New Yorker pig in me was like, what the fuck, bro? This is so fucking awkward. I'm walking in, you're fucking drinking a goddamn you know vodka soda and a goddamn coffee cup. You're fucking fag hagging your day besties on the couch. And this is awkward as fuck. I'm just gonna like, walk, like, what? Yeah, this is like weird. But also is, and I did have a great conversation, we talked, but the thing was, I, I did leave, I did not have sex with him, because I, I really, we talked and had a great time, but after 20 minutes, I'm like, honestly, it's four o'clock in the morning, I really was looking to party, no offense, I'm so tired, like, I, I really am not being funny. I was like, literally fading and dying. Like, I was like, you know, I, I basically, I lost my hoe wind, we'll make up a uh, you know, you have that that, 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 that second win that, for being a hoe. Like, no matter how tired you are, the second the blood flows to that dick, you have that second. We'll find a way to make sure for that. Yes. So, or, <laughs> so my hoe win had died, and I left. And when I left, at first I got in the car, and I wanted to almost have a second of being angry and mad. And I was like, no, this is normal to a lot of people. Some people think it's normal to have their friends see the man they're about to have a no-strings-attached sexual encounter with and just talk to them. That's not me, though. But so it's okay. But the thing was, exactly. But also, I'm going to say this too, I'm sure there's many men here in the state of Florida who would also have that New Yorker mentality of, what the fuck, bro? You know what I'm saying? Because I listen, I'm going to say, I'm a hoe. I've had a time or two that I've had roommates where I'm like, I open the door, I'm like, shh, be quiet, welcome to my roommate. Oh, hey, this is my friend Jerry, he's just uh, stopping by to listen to a song. We've all had that moment as New Yorkers. It's not on purpose, but again, it's a, it's a quick, like, yeah, we gotta go. But this was like a purposeful, 
Like, oh yeah, long game. Like, uh, and the thing is, the reason why I'm bringing the story up about the whole grinder scruff is, it's looking at another viewpoint of our culture that there are people out there who, literally, they're looking. Grinder and scruff is a fucking full night event of talking, to hanging out. Like, you know, where again, it's not just a New York or a Florida slug. It's a me. I don't. To me, when I'm looking for a hookup. But the thing is, but the only thing I have against that is that people don't be upfront about it. They give you that it's the it's the bait and switch. It's like, yeah, I want to hook up. You're so hot, I want to fuck you. But then it's like, oh, how was your day? Oh, how is this? It's like it's a lot of small talk, which I can't stand. Like opinions, because you know how I feel about this about rebirths. I'm really praying as well that. Scruff and grinder, I say now. Okay, this is gonna be a load of questions. So I want everyone to, to breathing deep for this one, okay? Before you fucking take it too seriously. Um, the death of gay apps, like we've talked about so many times. And when I say death, rebirth. Because the thing is, what I'm learning, and I'm learning this from New York as well, so I, I always say this, I, I always give people I think New York is the best gay city in the world, even though that's where I was born and raised, I love it, what the fuck? All these other gay cities, I've been seeing throughout the years, so many men proudly being like, oh, I'm not on Grindr, I'm not on Scrub. Because negatively, it's a waste of time, or no, you know, I'd rather go out and meet people. The reason why I say rebirth is, it's true, you have to go out and meet them, but also as I say rebirth because if Grinder, Scruff, and Recon can maybe turn back into what they were really at first kind of created for, which was no strings attached, quick hookups. It would be an addition to that. But again, with the world that we're entering, which we've been talking about this podcast, all the events, I don't really know. I feel like we're going back to a world of cruising and parties. So the thing is, I really I don't know what the future is for the apps. But the thing is, uh, I, I feel that men like cruising again and going right to it. But also is, if the apps were there, I feel like that the apps could coexist. Because I'm just going to say this one closing statement, we really will close. I remember when the apps first came out, all of the gay cruising was still happening. The apps were just an extra. I, just, I always speak for myself personally. I remember when the apps first, first came out, the apps were just a, uh, I want to have sex during the daytime yeah. before I go to work. You know, but at nighttime I was still going to, you know, sex parties, glory holes, or, you know, you know, or fun things. But the thing is, like, when I, the apps first came out, I didn't spend the night, you know, staying at home on the apps. But also is, the apps to me, and for a lot of people, were the whole, like, I don't have time to go to a sex party, but I want to have a quickie on a Monday night. You know, and that's, that's where, again, again, I'm not judging, I'm just saying, for me, personally, is my pickiness. The apps, for me, lost their uh, excitement when you couldn't just find a quick hookup. Like, realistically, sadly, again, it's just me personally. It, it, listen, God bless you. You're one of those men like, what are you talking about? I go on grinder. I find a dick in five seconds. God bless you, sir. God bless you. But somehow me and the thousands of men I talk to cry the same story, have the same story. Realistically, 
tonight, I'll be on it for hours, and it'll be a waste of time, and I'm not going to nut. I'll be better off just trying to make it to Home Depot before they close and jerking off when I get home. But the thing is, with going to these sexual spots, it's that instant gratification, which is what the apps used to be. But also, just to piggyback on that, I'm not disrespecting the men who want to date. Because that's the thing, too, with Grinder and Scrub. I remember, and I still this person, as much as people call us pigs, you know, just because I'm a pig, I, I would love to have love. I'd love to have one man that I fuck, we fuck each other's brains out and get married and, you know, live together. I would like to not die alone. Yes, we're always going to sure have gangbangs at our house on Fridays, you know. <laughs> Big Dick Ricky and, and his fucking husband will come, too. But the point is, Adam for Adam, all those sites, they used to have... Giving that shot to Adam for Adam, which is still alive, but I don't know how well. Adam for Adam really had the best balance for being a hookup site, but also dating. I remember I used to go on a few dates on Adam for Adam. I had a few good dates. Men who were like, like you know, oh, I love that you know you're sexual, but like yeah, let's go out to the movies and like have it. But the same thing with Scruff and Grinder when they first came out. I can't explain it, but there was a very balance. There were men who used to talk to me on Grinder and Scruff that were just like a. I'm hard, naked, the door's open, come in, suck my dick, you know, to, I had men who were like, oh yeah, why don't we get together and maybe go out and um, have a date in Astoria Park for 12 hours and you fall madly in love with me and me be like, sure, I'll be there. Um, Where now, I just feel that Scruff and Grinder is such a mockery from the gay community that the gay men go on there, not as a joke, but... I mean, I, I, I'm always speaking from personal experiences. Whenever I go on there, the men who are looking for friendship or dating or against sex, just for me personally, they're really just, nah. Like, I haven't heard any really good stories. I, I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to see. I don't even know where that tangent went, but today's podcast, like, every week was amazing, even though I was so cunty before and stressed. But next week, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm giving everyone already a wait for next week. That way, we have to hold to it. We are going into a deep conversation. It's going to be a little serious with Rick's straight roommate. We're not even saying his name. I love it. It's like a mascot. Rick's straight roommate. We're going to use him when we become rich and famous and have our own TV show. We're going to have him be a bartender, Rick's straight roommate, and we're going to do quarter off his uh, disgustingly amazing. Uh, he does have a very plump, uh, beautiful, um, how do I say, straight man's ass. Um, we're going to basically do all the things where we're teasing the world about him. But uh, we are going to have an amazing, amazing conversation about Rick Street Roommate and just more focus on the topics that people don't talk about, uh, the stigma of the gay community and how we are a minority. And again, it's not negative. It's about the cold, hard facts. It doesn't matter if the whole world loves us. Yes, we don't get you know, necessarily uh, beaten up and killed. But you know what, though? Guess what? If I don't hit on a man in the middle of Publix, that's a grocery store in the South, people. I'm, I'm saying, I didn't know what it was before I moved here. Realistically, straight. You know, it's, or even New York, if you're in a food emporium, even though he's like, oh, I live in New York City, there's all homosexuals, he's straight. And we have all these stories that we talk to Rick's straight roommate about, that I uh, talk to him about, about so many even New York stories that I have of, you know, straight men who are not homophobic flipping the fuck out, being like, bro, just because I'm a man in the locker room doesn't mean I'm gay. Stop staring at my dick. I would even love it if Rick Strait were making me on the podcast. I'm not sure if that would be a thing. We'll see. But anyway, we're going to... So, so tune in for next week. Because next week, we're definitely going fucking ham. We have all these conversations about that. Because I feel like there are things that people in our culture completely forget about. 
Rick, I mean, like, that you were saying that before, too. Yeah. You know, we would talk about these things, and, you know, I feel like we're forced to be like, like, oh, everyone loves gay people, where it's like, you know, I'm not trying to say we should live in this light of negativity, but it's nice, again, this is my thing about camaraderie of our own community, it's nice to be around other people who get it, that even though, yes, maybe we're not going to get killed or punched in the face, but doesn't suck that I can't necessarily go hit on that hot guy at the grocery store because he's going to make a little bit of the street. Yeah. It's still, it's a different change, but anyway... With that said, yes. Make sure you uh, follow. Make sure you um, sign up and subscribe to our website. Check out our our collections coming up soon. Follow us on social media, also our YouTube. Click and subscribe. We got a lot of live shows. If you want to see us in person, you want to see our big personalities, um, beautiful smiles. You can check us out on YouTube channel Late Night Cruising with a G. Um, I think that's it. And Late Night Cruising, again, Google it, Google it, Google it. We're on Twitter to Late Night Cruising, our actual website, everything. Just type in Late Night Cruising, we'll come the fuck up. It's going to be great. And next week, Rick, uh, I was extra today, but Rick. <laughs> what? You extra? No. Get out of here. I know it, though. That's where we balance each other out. No, <laughs> not. Just All right, everyone. I hope everyone has a disgustingly amazing pig week. Filled with cum, semen, dreams, and hookups. Please write us in about anger cum stories. Good night. Good night. Bye.